Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Daniel Chabet about how he is helping entrepreneurs be seen in the online space. Daniel is a CEO and founder of a Purple Fire IO, which is a software and web development company, and of winwinmedia.io, which is a PPC and SEO company. He has exited three companies that have been well-built e-commerce businesses, rockk.com, Sleeklens, Gringo Group. He's also built a trading platform in the Web3 NFT space. He's built remote and in-house companies. He's built his own CMS system. He's lost it all and rebuilt it again and has experience on podcasts and love that loves adding value to them. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. I'm glad that you're joining us today and sharing lots of the wisdom that you have gained over the years. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a crazy journey so far. Lots of uh, ups and downs, lot, lots of learnings as well. Uh, but I'm really happy to share them all. And hopefully, you know, your listeners can can learn a thing or two. Uh, that would be a good takeaway from this episode today, I think. I'm sure we will. So can you tell us a little bit about how you became an entrepreneur and that journey? Yeah, sure. Um, it was definitely not set in stone for me. Uh, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs or risk takers. Uh, grew up here in Europe in Denmark, which is a very, you know, safe country with, you know, a very robust safety net, I would say. So meaning that, you know, even if you lose your job, you know, you got you got money coming in and you get free education and all that kind of stuff. So not really a place where you kind of have to go out on your own to make it. But nonetheless, I always kind of had a desire to 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 be something else or to go my own path. Really sure what stimulated that. But when I was about 16 or 17 years old, I knew I wanted to travel. And to travel, I had to raise a lot of money. So that was actually the natural first step for me to kind of build a business because otherwise, you know, how was I going to fund my own trip uh, to, to go across? Uh, and I wanted to go to Australia. So it was, it was expensive and uh, I had to save up for my entire degree, which is kind of absurd, right? Because you get it for free in Denmark and you pay high taxes to get it for free. But anyway, it happened. And the first, uh, the first company that I started was, you know, pretty cliche it was in my basement. So we were, we were selling uh, equipment uh, for bars and nightclubs, <laughs> kind of random. And it was nice that we, you know, we sold strainers and bar cups and anything you can imagine for, for a bar. And uh, it was good. It was a lot of learning there, but uh, it was an e-commerce store. And, and that was my first introduction, to be honest with you, with, you know, um, online visibility. So, you know, I was launching my first Google ads and setting up different campaigns. Kind of didn't know what I was doing back then, but, you know, it, it was good, valuable lessons. Um, and, and that kind of transitioned me into, you know, traveling to Australia and moving there and studying, took a break for from you know entrepreneurship for a few years while I was studying but money you know money got burned up pretty quickly and and had to kind of fund that somehow you know my continuous studies uh met my uh, met my wife when I was there and uh she was not even Australian she was from Brazil so 
we we went to Brazil after a year and I was able to continue my studies and then we went there and that was that was a culture shock you know like moving to South America uh, nobody speaks English you're just there alone and what was interesting to me is that uh, you you cannot really get a job unless you speak you know the local language and I was I never saw that because in, in you know in Australia I could speak English so you know that, that was never a problem for me but yeah I had to get a new job and and there was no jobs available there so I went online again you know to to what I knew and started a online business where I was promoting web stores I was helping them get traffic so I would sort of it's sort of known as affiliate marketing today and I think some of your listeners might be familiar with that but primarily you are getting traffic, you're getting customers to a store and you're getting paid a commission to deliver you know, those customers. Uh, and that was really interesting. Uh, it was a lot of big US companies. I was working with Amazon back then. I was working with a company called iHerb, which is a huge supplement store. And it, it was really, really good money. And I think back then, I thought it was a bit immortal. You know, I, I thought that, oh my God, it, this is, I mean, it's not even that difficult and we're making good money. So, I mean, the sky's the limit here. I didn't really have any failures yet. But uh, after a couple of years in Brazil, we moved back home to Denmark and I actually had a job lined up for me. I was going to head, you know, uh, search engine optimization for a big marketing company. And I did take the job and everything, but Honestly, after four years, I, I I quit because the money was simply too good with my little side side business, my my affiliate marketing, and I quit my job after four months and decided to grow this. And I, it quickly became you know I, I became aware of the fact that I needed to create a authority an authority instead of just small websites that could gain you know traction and they would blow up and then they would sort of die really fast so let's say you were writing about outdoor the outdoor life hiking or whatever you were i i needed to create a platform where actually people would get value from the articles that we would write and and the content we would produce so this affiliate marketing that i talked about it was a lot about creating different websites talking about a specific topic in this case it could be outdoor and if you create a really amazing platform and deliver amazing content then lots of people is, they're going to go on your website they're going to trust the recommendations that you have in terms of where can you buy you know the best hiking boots or something like that and that was one of the key lessons and you know early on is quality over quantity in, in everything you do and and so uh, my business became big because of that. And uh, I quit my job and, and it, it really grew into a media company, uh, which is what I was running for maybe six years full, full time. But after that, I sold it. Uh, that was my second business that I, that I sold. And it was, for, it was a, a couple of US-based investors that came in and, and, and wanted to buy everything up. And, uh, and after that, I started an e-commerce project, uh, which is what I've done the last four years uh, also. And uh, that was, yeah, that was a huge project with, you know, 25 employees and it grew a lot, um, but uh, eventually sold that as well. And that led me to Purple Fire, which is, you know, where we are today. 
So that was kind of like my my whole story of my entrepre- entrepreneurship. Uh, hopefully you are not asleep by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. And it's fun how everyone like built on the other one. Yeah, yeah, that was they were really stepping stones and it was uh there were lessons to be learned for each one, but but also what I realized was more and more uh that was more on the line for each single business. So with the first one, it didn't really matter if it you know succeeded or failed. There was not, not much would happen. I would just go get a job. But for each one, I would take more risk. I would take more investments. I would potentially get loans. And that's some of the things I, I would love to talk to your listeners about as well is, you know, what kind of risk are you willing to take? And are you aware of the risk you're you're putting on yourself and, you know, people around you? So that's something we yeah. can dive into later. Well, what you're on it right now. Why don't we talk about that now? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So one thing that I definitely one of the biggest things that shocked me, uh, the last business that I just sold, it was more out of necessity than, uh, you know, out of just, you know, get, trying to make a lot of money or something. But we, we grew a lot. And COVID actually helped us grow even more. You know, we we skyrocketed and our revenue went up. Uh, we couldn't even uh, we couldn't even uh, get orders. Uh, I mean, products and time and you know our supply chain got messed up. But anyway, our focus was to sell products that was more of I would say there was a sustainable touch to them. You would use. And materials that were, you know, very sustainable and so on. And so the supply chain was really difficult. We had sometimes one year delivery times for certain materials we needed delivered. So what happened was we ended up buying things ahead of time, putting orders from in 2020 to 2021. And we were locked in for over a year and we would just hope, okay, we put in orders and we're expecting massive growth. Let's hope that the growth will actually come because we already committed to the orders in the factories. What happened after COVID, right? Everyone goes back out. Everybody starts, you know, going to the gym again and, every, and everyone is back to the normal life. We were selling a product where we were hoping people would just run outside because we we're selling running apparel, right? And so orders were dropping and, and we were like, what's going on? You know, this is crazy. We're not really seeing the growth and our marketing is you know, super high, but our return is, is low. So basically we committed to orders. We allowed ourselves to accept a credit line, a credit line at each supplier. But when the time came to pay the bills, we essentially didn't have the money, right? Because the orders were just not there. They were not anywhere near what they were in 2020. So this actually caused us to, yeah, have huge problems we had to talk to our suppliers we had to say you know what can you can you wait on the payment you know we're not seeing the growth that we thought we would uh, can we cancel some of the orders and so on but it was really really difficult and some of these suppliers were just without mercy and just like well you know what if you cannot pay we're gonna put it through the legal way and take you to court and everything so we had to deal with all that the last two years and luckily we were able to find a buyer that could see the potential in the brand. And in the meantime, we would also get all the money that we would need from the sale to pay off a deal with the suppliers. And that way we could get out of it, live to see another day. But I just wanted to say that 
buying things on credit and you know kind of gambling on the future is really really dangerous and you really have to know your numbers and you know what the problem is nobody can really see the future right so it's a dangerous game so how did you do you have any tips like for how you were able to deal with or come out of it like mentally because there, yeah. sure there was a big mental game going on <laughs> wow it was crazy because you know at one point you know we had these proceedings where the supplier is not being able to pay them we also had you know many 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 potential buyers and come and go we had a broker we had many things going on and on the side i had you know 10 people in the office uh, that i had to manage and be you know a boss for it was very very difficult to be excited and happy for them and just kind of pretend everything is going fine while dealing with these huge fires uh you know you know, in the basement and nobody knows about them, right? So dealing with that was very difficult. But I got to tell you that I think the most important thing is being honest to yourself, because there was a long time where I didn't want to face, I didn't want it to, I didn't want to face reality, to be honest. So I wasn't honest with myself about what I wanted. And there were so many things at play here. I, I wasn't honest with myself in terms of, do I want to continue with this business or not? Do I like being in an office with, you know, 10 or 20 other people? And until I made the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to sell the business and move on. And until then, I, I was actually going, you know, in the wrong direction. I, I wasn't making the decisions that I had to in order to save the business, right? I was kind of in a, lim a limbo where I didn't know what to do. So, and it was actually my wife that sat me down and said, you know what? do you actually like working with this brand? Do you actually like running an e-commerce store? Uh, and uh, what do you want to do? You know, for the next two years, things are difficult right now. And I think it, I opened up after that. You know, I was really like, whoa, actually, no, I, I don't like it anymore. And I, I kind of want to move on. So being honest to yourself is, and I know that sounds easy, right? Because, you know, but you really, really need to think about things in the difficult situation. You need to probably take a step back and reconsider if you're happy with what you're doing and if you need to make any changes, right? Which is totally understandable, right? Because like, I'm sure that the company could have shifted a bunch too from where you first thought mm. it was going and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think some of the changes you need to do to save the business, they're uncomfortable. And so a lot of people will just avoid them. And I think I was certainly uh, avoiding to make the right decisions because I knew they would be painful. Those decisions would be firing people and sitting straight, uh, you know, sitting face to face with them and telling people, I'm going to have to let you go. This is a very difficult situation. So these kind of decisions talking to suppliers, making a deal early on, uh, or selling the business, which takes a ton of effort. Those things, sometimes you hold back on that because you know it's uncomfortable, but those are also the decisions that you need to make to save yourself, to save your business, right? So, so that's really important that you do that. Mm -hmm. So true. So how you have like Purple Fire in your win-win media set up, do you have a bunch of employees or are they more freelancers or contractors? 
Yeah, so so that's one thing that you know I learned from from selling my last business. I I, I knew I sat down and I I actually wrote down what is important for me to be happy in the future, and to be motivated at work daily. Right. And so I found out I need to work where I want, meaning that I'm not locked into an office somewhere. I mean, if I want to go work in a coffee house somewhere, you know, at a coffee house, I can do that. I need to work with who I want, meaning that I don't want to have long contracts with employees in an office that I cannot really, you know, I cannot really be flexible with. And I, and I want to work when I want to, because if my energy is really low one day and it makes more sense for me to go to the gym or you know, go for a long walk or be with my family, I'm going to do that. And then I'm happy to work late in the evening another day because, you know, my energy is really good right now and I'm getting a lot of stuff done. But with a traditional company, I remember feeling, you know, guilt if I was not in the office because I knew my employees were there. And I was kind of afraid that it, I would be seen as a lazy person if I was not there when they were there. Right. So, so those three things are so, they're so important for my happiness. And I think I applied that, those things to Purple Fire and, and Win Win Media. Yeah. So on that note, what are a couple of big goals that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? Yeah, I mean, besides the obvious, you know, revenue goals that, you know, any business probably has, I think for myself at least, there's a revenue goal that is tied to freedom. So basically feeling that at least you have an income that is high enough for you to be able to do what you want, you know, not having a need to like, you can buy what you want. Basically, I'm not talking about being a billionaire or anything like that, but just, you know, like, oh, if I want something, I want to go to a nice restaurant or, you know, I want to go on vacation, I can do that. So that kind of comfort uh, in terms of my financial freedom, I'm looking for that one. That's one of my big goals, first of all. But honestly, the way we've set up the business now with all these things I just mentioned, it's really fun to scale uh, because you're not compromising on any of the fundamentals that make you happy. So I think we're really looking to keep growing and, and, and kind of see how far we can take it. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's basically my goals right now. Do you have a hard time with like your work-life balance oh my god don't we all have that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's so difficult sometimes i think the best tip i can give on that especially if you're an entrepreneur let's say you started up you're a freelancer something like that is get an office or get another location where you can go you know like even is like go to a coffee house or go you know to the library you know maybe that's free right so do that because you want to separate your time with your family and, you know, time at work. And I used to work from home for a few years. And the problem was I was always working, right? Even when I was with my family, you know, I could have my phone close to me and something would pop up. I would see the email and I'm like, oh my God, I need to answer that because that could be, you know, great if we get this new deal or whatever. So, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but I definitely think that you need to separate the two things. So now it's easier, like you walk into the house and everything's back behind you. Ex yeah, exactly right. So I actually got an office that is 10 minutes walking, walking distance from my house, which is so amazing because I get that little walk in the beginning of the day. 
and I'm not far away. I mean, I can easily get home. I don't need to wait, you know, in in a subway or, or anything like that. So that's perfect. But I am also really lucky, and I know most people don't have that opportunity. But even if you're renting an office somewhere, I, I think you're going to be happy with it because you got two different places, and yeah, it's really good for you. Mm-hmm. So how do you? get your businesses to stand out online yeah so i guess that the really i mean for my businesses i can definitely talk about that but you know obviously every business is uh is unique in a certain way and i think i i came to a realization this year and it's totally shifted my entire approach to online marketing um, traditionally, when you want to sell something, you can either push or you can pull, right? So, so the push strategy is usually, you know, setting up ads, you know, you're visible on you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram, TikTok, and all that stuff. And it's usually paid advertising, right? Now, what I wanted to do was create a pull strategy for the first time. And this means that I wanted to try to create content and actually give value to potential customers, also potential uh, well customers or people that are not going to buy anything from us but people that might be interested in the topic right and so my idea this year is to be visible on all social media but not paid you know all organic but create amazing content so that the content is shared watched and liked and hopefully there will be some people that say you know what this guy he really knows what he's talking about and I could do it because he's putting, you know, a step-by-step guide on how I could do it, but I prefer not to. I'm too busy. And so I'm going to ask if Purple Fire can handle it for me, right? A win-win media. So that that uh, poll strategy that I'm trying to create, that's actually appearing on podcasts as well. And, and you know, trying to start my own YouTube channel as well, which is something that's kind of nerve-wracking as well, because you're really putting yourself out there, right? You're exposing mm-hmm. yourself. And I don't know with you, but I just started this journey. And whenever I record a video, I always feel like, I mean, I look horrible. Like, who would want to watch <laughs> this video, right? Uh, I sound stupid or something like that. So it's pretty nerve-wracking. But uh, but I think the strategy is going to work really well. And I'm excited about it. That's fun. Yeah. And to be honest with you, just kind of adding a little bit uh, extra in here. I think a lot of people can use it. Like, let's say you have an e-commerce store or let's say you're a freelancer that's writing you know your content for other businesses creating a poll strategy could really do a lot for you it's a bit you know putting yourself out there because you have to really you know show yourself but you're creating a brand and you're becoming an authority in your industry no matter what it is it can be very very niche you know i don't care what it is if you can create content out there and give value to the people who are who are interested in that topic, they're naturally going to come to you. And the thing is, when we're trying to sell our services, you're actually selling your services better when you're not trying to sell it, which kind of sounds weird, right? By, by providing value, you're, that's the best sales approach you could make because it's so... Uh, it's it's not direct or anything like that, right? It's, it's, it's honestly an amazing approach. So I'm excited about it and I hope some of your listeners could, could potentially apply that as well. It's also a great way to have your customer get to know, like, and trust you. Right? Yeah. 
for sure. And, and it takes more work. That's why a lot of people don't do it because you, you have to create content, you have to research, you have to come up with it, you have to set everything up. But the amount of businesses that I see today who, you know, where the, the founder is just using their iPhone to record videos of, of whatever they're doing, we're talking about million dollar businesses being built from recording themselves on an iPhone, right? That's crazy. But that's the that's what you can do today because of the yeah. power of the internet. Yeah. So it doesn't cost as much as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Distribution has become easy. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. What is the best advice that you have ever been given? That one is definitely tough, right? Because uh, you, you get a lot of advice, and do you remember all of it? So. If we talk about business advice, I think uh, one one thing that struck me a lot as well was that, I mean, it's going to sound cliche to be honest, but but when people say that you have to do things that you truly love, this is something that actually really touched me as well because, and you might not think about it on a daily basis, but the reason why we're procrastinating things all the time, we're not doing things or we're waiting or whatever, is because there's something in our gut that is telling you that you're not happy with it. You're not really excited about it. You might not be, be able to identify that that's the reason why you're doing it. You think, oh, I'm just lazy, you know, whatever. I'm tired all the time. But you have to be honest with yourself. And I've had several people ask me, like, are you happy with your job? Are you happy with what you're doing? And I would kind of deflect the question or I would say, you know, because I'm supposed to be happy, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, of course I'm happy with it. But if you're honest with yourself and you find out what you really like uh, or what your concerns are, why you're not doing things, then you start to really, you know, do good things and you're able to really fulfill your purpose. So that's one of the most powerful advice I ever got. And, and if you're able to dive into what is really behind uh, why you're not taking action or why you're not happy, then you're going to find fulfillment, I think. Find some real good answers, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but it's difficult. It's, it's, it's more difficult than you think, right? Mm -hmm. You might have a few onion layers to peel back on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, and I think your answer will depend on who's in the room. Because if it's only you, I feel like you can be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's asking you this question on a podcast, <laughs> like what we're doing <laughs> right now, <laughs> then uh, you might want to have a certain appearance towards you know people listening to what you're saying right so then you might have a, a layer like that you're not peeling back so yeah so that's important too so make sure to find time with yourself to do the to do that yeah. question <laughs> exactly right like go for a long walk or take a, a day or two just being by yourself and that that's usually what will work best i think what's the best advice that you've ever given Oh, again, it's a tough one as well, but um, I think it's related to what we just talked about as well. I've kind of had uh, this question um, given to me and I kind of related back to other people as well. So that's really, yeah, so it's kind of tied to the first one. But other than that, I mean, there's business advice and there's life advice, right? But I found that, you know, make, doing what makes you happy 
is better than just do what makes you uh, the most money. And I used to think the opposite. Right? I used to think that doing what makes the most money will make you will make you really happy, right? Like, and I just realized after after actually chasing the money for so long that I had to change my approach. And I've and so what I've done is I've given this advice to other people as well, like don't chase the money. It's actually when you stop chasing the money that the money will come to you in a real big way. Because now you're giving value. Now you're not just trying to take people's money. So, so that's a good one, I think. And I'm sure that like your personal life aspect has changed a lot too, and for the better. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, uh, two years ago when we were going through all this uh, stuff with my ecom business, I mean, me and my wife, we were both involved in that business, and it was it was definitely the toughest period in our life as well. And very stressful. And I, I kind of realized that as soon as I was out of the business, I would completely try to forget about it because I associated the time there with some a painful moment. right? And so I wouldn't have time to actually be a good husband. I wouldn't have the energy. I would just kind of be static you know laying on the couch or or just looking for an escape really uh, whenever i was not at work and so it was uh it was a very very difficult time which is why i'm so passionate about uh trying to change that and being honest with yourself about what you want because it can it, it not only ruins yourself it can ruin a relationship uh and i i felt like uh I, I actually fell out. I mean, I fell from a cliff and I just, I was holding on to a branch at the side of the cliff and mm-hmm. I just clawed myself back up, but I was out there, right? I was really on my very limit. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you being here with us and sharing your experiences and knowledge and stuff with us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I, I hope somebody can, can learn from it. That's, uh, that's my goal anyway. I think that there's quite a few of us that can relate to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for there- sure. I mean, I, I think that a lot of the things that that I go through is what a lot of other people have gone through as well. And it's, uh, um, it's difficult. And I definitely think that talking about it and listening to other people that have gone through the same thing, it is really helpful. So um, I, I'm a listener of podcasts myself and and love just kind of, learning from others at least and i think like just because your business had a really tough tough time and you had let's say a, a hard exit or you know like it wasn't like oh yeah happy exit let's say <laughs> but, but that doesn't necessarily define who you are as an individual right no no just, for sure. yeah it's just experiences yeah. that you have so for sure. And the exit I had before my e-commerce store was a great exit. So I had both, um, which is which is interesting. But yeah, you're so right. Uh, actually, I think this exit, which was much more difficult and took everything I had to pull, pull it off, I'm much happier with that exit than the one that was like financially much more successful. Uh, and I was supposed to be happy about that one, I guess. But because of what it did to my daily life, to my happiness, to my well-being, I was so excited to be through with this last one, uh, which is funny, right? So it's not always the money that's most important. Uh, it's, 
I think it's much more than that. But just think too, like, I was just thinking like the refiner's fire, right? And just how how much you grew through that, and like, let's say like the, the diamond in the rough type of aspect, right? Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you would like to? Well, to be honest with you, I think uh, we got, you know, around most stuff. Uh, I really hope that uh, people have caught on to my strategy of using a pull strategy instead of a push. I, I think this can change your business no matter what industry you're in. And I think that once you realize that, you know, yeah, you can grow much more with this method. Yeah, there's really no limitation. Uh, one thing that might hold you back is the is self-doubt. Like, am I good enough? Um, can I actually do this? What will people say? What, you know, will people judge me? But to be honest with you, once you get past that, that is just an amazing opportunity laying there. And I can't wait to embark on this journey now. I'm only really starting it. And so I hope that other people will, will take the jump as well. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll land somewhere good. You know. I'm sure you will. Where can we find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, I mean, so you can head out to my current business website, which is purplefire.io or winwinmedia.io. I'm also on LinkedIn. And then my big uh, new endeavor, which is my YouTube channel, which is just Daniel Chabert. You can just search on, on YouTube. It's just starting now, putting my first video up uh, next week. So I'm hoping that I'm committing to this online uh, will kind of help me push uh, and make sure I get videos done in the future. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we all know now you have a lot of accountability. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, so really happy to be here and uh, it was great talking to you. Well, we appreciate you being here with us today, Dan. Thank you. Thank you very much. We will chat soon. We will. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.